for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are back at it again with another amazing podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, mainly because, you know, it's just so rare that I actually get to speak to somebody from my home area. Like, we have very few Chicago artists on here, so when I found that out, it got me super excited. And then as I started doing more research on her, it's like, oh, snap, okay, now I'm really excited. We have Juno. How's it going today, Juno? What's up? Not much. Southside. Yup, yup. And it's funny because like I put on this sock shirt just because it was like that next shirt in the, the thing. And then when I started doing research, I was like, oh, she's from Chicago. She's gonna think I planned it. And it's like, no, it just kind of happened. Even worse. What if I was a Cubs fan? I'm like, you can't just come home with a sock shirt like that. I know. That's bold. But, but here, here's the thing. I actually don't – I'm not that kind of Sox fan where it's like, hey, I hate the Cubs because everybody I grew up with was Cubs fans. And it was yeah. just kind of like, all right, I was the outsider, and so I just kind of learned to deal with it. So Yeah, yeah. Well, but, thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Absolutely, absolutely. We got a lot to discuss. You know, it's yeah. going to be an amazing podcast, so I'm super excited about this. Yep. So we're going to dive right in. So uh, let's kind of start from the beginning and we'll kind of work our way through everything. Uh, What originally got you into music? So um, first of all, I grew up on the South side of Chicago. I was playing double Dutch, ding dong ditch, you know, the usual. Um, (laughs) And I went to college for social work, graduated. And my first job was at a drug rehab facility working with teenagers who were addicted to drugs. And I had this 15-year-old heroin addict who was my client. And um, he was obsessed with guitar. And I had never really seen a guitar in real life. I mean, everyone knows, like, B.B. King and Jimi Hendrix. But again, like, um, you know, where I come from, we were just, like, playing outside. It wasn't, like, a musical environment at all. And, um, you know, raised by a single mom, day-to-day for me was just kind of about survival. Um, and that was the first time I ever experienced passion with me trying to connect with him and get him to do his treatment because he was just very difficult. And so um, it wound up just completely changing my life. Um, I still don't understand it to this day. When I think back, I'm just like, man, that is crazy that um, that's how I was introduced to music through a whole nother field. And I literally just did a complete 360 and turned around and um, decided to become obsessed with guitar. I practice constantly, constantly, constantly taking my guitar to work on my lunch break. I'm like, I'm eating C sharp. I don't need no chicken. I'm eating D major. Um, And so that was kind of how I got into music and went to Berklee College of Music. Um, I did the Nick Cannon, you know, drum roll. Have you ever seen that movie? And I was just lying through that whole thing. Like, uh, diminished. (laughs) Got into school and then I dropped out. 
and I just started to post videos on YouTube, guitar lessons, and you know, there was a big lack um, in that community. It was a lot of rock and roll or, or uh, country or whatever, and I just wanted to put out music that my community loved, which was R&B soul music, Stevie Wonder, Marvin Gaye, Indiari, Lauryn Hill, all the greats. Um, so I started to kind of create a lane for myself, just doing what I loved. And um, the videos start getting a lot of views and I got a call to go on tour with Fifth Harmony. And that was my first time ever playing on stage. Oh. So I had a very interesting path into music. Um, but when I look back, it just feels like it was just meant to be. I'm so glad I got to play for like 23 years. Mm because I've been playing guitar ever since mm -hmm. I started. So I had a nice long childhood playing double dutch. Mm -hmm. And um, as soon as I had a guitar in my hand, I haven't really looked back since. So I then went on tour with Camila Cabello and Bruno Mars on the 24 Karat Magic Tour. Mm -hmm. 24 Karat Magic. It was the best ever. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, I got to do just a bunch of stuff. I mean, I could name drop all day. But the most important thing is that I really found my voice and decided to then make my own album and and um, launch Juno's Guitar Bootcamp, which is now the guitar school that I created, serving over 12 countries. And I love it so much. So now I'm getting other people obsessed with guitar all over the world. Yeah. So um, I'm an artist, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm an activist. Um, I'm really about the community. Um, black people, women, queer people, because um, that's what I am. And I'm just really passionate about bridging the gap and helping connect people to the opportunities that I was so blessed to get to experience. So that is how I came to music. That's my journey in music. Awesome. Awesome. That's really, it, you know, it actually, the fact that we're going to be able to connect on this a little bit, just from being from the same area you grew up in Dalton. I grew up in Lansing, Linwood, Chicago Heights area. There's a little bit of a disconnect, but you know, um, I remember like just growing up in that area and music not being like a thing people did. You were kind of it wasn't. It was kind of you were kind of an outsider if you did that. Did and you know then, people that did music? What's that? Did you know people that did music? <sighs> There was one guy, but he, there, there, there was one guy that had a band. And so like all through like middle school, he would enter the talent show and he was always the last one to go on because they Thank knew you. nobody was going to be able to touch him as far right. as like talent right. wise. Right. And so like, there's the one guy that had a band and it was always really, oh, eighth grade, anything's like really good. Right. But, you no, know, he was also that guy that just ran to his own beat or ran, yeah, yeah. Uh, ran his own path and didn't really care and so it's just like I never other than trying out for like the fourth grade uh like concert band or whatever it was called at the time it was just like nothing that I was ever really exposed to and then yeah as I start getting older my dad starts telling me all these stories because my dad grew up on he was a uh, born and raised in Calumet City Oh, yeah. And so he used to tell me all these stories about, man, I can't believe you weren't more into music. Because back in the 70s, I used to go to the Lake County Fair watching the Jackson 5 play. When little Michael was like four. And I'm like, 
You couldn't, uh, you couldn't tell me these stories back. But you know what's I crazy? That's a part of the reason why I started my guitar school, and I, I wanted to be virtual. I'm eventually going to expand and have locations, but right now, I just love the idea that you know technology really provides an opportunity for us to connect that we didn't have before. And you know, for a little black girl growing up on the south side of Chicago. I would have loved to have access to guitars and guitar mm -hmm. lessons and you know what I'm saying? I just didn't, I just didn't have access to it. And so I think each generation, we have to get a little bit better. And mm -hmm. if one of us, you know, makes it out, so to speak, meaning thank God I found music, mm -hmm. um, but it wasn't really, I wasn't really exposed to it, but I want to provide that opportunity for other students. So um, through my um, Juno's guitar Boot Camp, I've created a scholarship program, um, in response to the Black Lives Matter movement, and we are sponsoring 20 Black students to attend this program for free. Um, so again, me trying to reach and connect with those people who don't have access, just like you're saying, uh, who come from places where, you know, they don't have an uncle to take them to the Jackson 5 show. Yeah. You know, so, um, and just really bridging that gap and providing the resources that prevent them from those opportunities. Some of these students don't have Wi-Fi at their house. Like, yeah. if you don't have Wi-Fi, that's a huge obstacle that's preventing you from so many resources. So, um, we had some amazing sponsors um, already donate Camila Cabello mm -hmm. has partnered with us um, these group of teachers that like came together like swarmed together and and um, are coming in and donating and sponsoring just from all over the world and it's just so beautiful to see so many people care about music education because it's so powerful mm -hmm. and it changed my life so yeah. you know I'm just so honored to get to share that with so many people yeah absolutely and you know it's it's really hard it, it's really important to have people outside of the education system doing stuff like this, because I remember when I was in like high school and even starting to go into college, that's when the conversation of all oh, the budgets starting to get really tight. So they started yeah. cutting. Yeah. Like a lot I of think those. there's a difference between a music teacher and someone who's done it. Mm -hmm. You know, I went to Berkeley and I think that was one of the things that I, that I was like, ah, I want to get out in the field. Like I felt like we were just talking about theoretically talking about it, like, you know, and yeah. I think, um, you know, like you said, there's educators and then there's people who've done it. This is like real world. This program is so innovative because I just came off tour. <laughs> like, yeah. It wasn't like 20 years ago I played with the Temptations. Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I think that that gives me a different perspective. Yeah. Um, and I really want to educate people on really what the industry is really like, because unless you've been in it, there's no way you can know. There's no book you can read. There's no one, you know, so, um, yeah, I, I really pride myself in bringing real world, real life experiences to the program and just like keeping it 100. Like, this is what's up. This is how you, this is how you be successful. And this is what you stay away from because everybody's scared to, to say that stuff too, because they still need a job, but I don't need a job no more. I got a job. I, I hire myself. So I can say whatever I want and I'm going to say the truth. Yes. So, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm just so proud to be in that position and I want to just do as much good with that as yeah. I can and share that experience. Actually, you saying that reminds me of the first, when I went back to South Suburban for the first time, I got invited to do like a guest lecture for the, like the film program because that's what I studied all through college. And so the teacher there, I'd known him for a really long time and it was like, hey, I want you to come back, talk to the students, you know? I'm like, okay, cool. And so I'm literally sitting there the entire time telling these students, hey, if you know for 100% fact that you want to be in the film business 
and this is everything you want to do with your life, walk out of this classroom right now and move to LA. And I looked over to the right and I saw my teacher's face just like, yeah, what'd you just say? And I'm like, yeah, but see, I even think there's so many steps even between there, which brings me to me making my album, yeah. Help Is Not On The Way, which I released April 24th. Check it out. It's on all streaming platforms. Have you heard it? Yes. Okay. What's listening. your favorite song? Because you know I'm going to call you out. Don't be talking about you heard it. You ain't hear it. I, uh, which one was my favorite? Oh, I like the, um, oh, shit. I knew you were going to call uh, me out. <laughs> I knew you were going to call me out. I, uh, actually, I like the title, I did like the title track, though. The title track was good. I know. What's the title track? I hope it's not on the way. <laughs> no, no, I'm just messing with you. My titles are long, but they're important. Yeah. No, but seriously, man, um, you know, I, I just want to say this, I, I had toured, I'd done the sessions, I'd done all these high profile gigs, and then I really wanted to share my story. And I think one message that I want to get out to people is that like, you don't need a million dollar studio to make an album. You don't need 20 writers, 90 producers, like, you know what I'm saying? The industry has just gotten ridiculous. It's just like, what's in your heart? That's what you write about. You know what I'm saying? And you keep trying until, until it feels right to you. And so, um, yeah, I went to LA, but I had to actually leave LA to do my album because again, I think everybody thinks, oh, just go to LA. Well, it's more than that. You gotta, you gotta have a vision. You gotta have a mission. You gotta have purpose. You know what I'm saying? You have to be intentional. So, um, I would argue don't move to LA until you have that because, uh, that was one of the mistakes that I made thinking like, oh, I'm going to just go to LA. I'm going to just be around it. And I, you can't tell me I was around the top artists in the world. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have a vision for myself until I got down and said, what do I want for my life? What do I want to say? What do I want to leave in the world? That's, that's when the magic started happen, mm -hmm. happening. And that's when I really started to feel empowered mm -hmm. and, and like, wow, this is my purpose. That everything else was leading me to this, but this is my purpose right now. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but to defend myself, my favorite, my favorite song right now, I was listening to, what's that? Did you just Google a track list? No, 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 no. I was listening to um, your acoustic uh, single that you had, uh, Carrying the World. Oh, Carrying the World, yeah, yeah, yeah. And for whatever reason, that's the one that I was like really drawn to. And then you said, name something off the album. And I'm like, um, yeah, that, that's what caught me. But. Yes, Carrying the World. I love Carrying the World. Uh, it's a very special song I wrote about my, just my childhood experience. And, you know, it's, it's a dope song. So yeah. I, 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 I love that song too. Yeah. But what I did appreciate about the album is all the different styles and like that you touch upon, like the opening song i believe you're playing like piano or something you're mm -hmm. playing like piano and then you kind of switch it up go to like electric guitar and then you go to yeah. acoustic guitar and then like the, i even picked up some like little reggae influence in there somewhere yeah, and i was just i was just like wait a minute what is going on here like every song sounds completely different i've you know and it all works together like usually when you just hear okay this song sounds one way the other way and it's just like eight to ten songs just kind of like thrown together yeah but it all just this time it just kind of all works together it's really awesome yeah and I think the difference is I never sat down and was like what can I make I lived this album and I wrote each song and then I produced it and I did it and then I went to the next one and the album put really put itself together I'm telling a story 
Um, I think now everyone's all about just like putting out singles, putting out singles, but the album is really, you really have to listen to it front to back to fully get the experience mm -hmm. of like, whoa, <laughs> you know? So um, thank you for, for checking it out. And yeah, I think that, um, I think that's important to me to not be in a box because like my life has been, I've had so many amazing experiences that I just want to be free as an artist to express myself. However yeah. that comes out. I don't know where that reggae influence came from. Everyone says that to me. Yeah. And to me, it doesn't feel reggae, but I guess that's the way it comes off. And it, to me, it's just the, un, it's more the enunciation that you use. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and like, I, I'm, I, that was the first thing I picked up on. I was like, really? "Wow!" It, yeah, it was just like, "Wow, this sounds really reggae." And, yeah. and I just gotta say this, man. I'm trying to bring back real artistry, real musicianship. Listen, I love internet and Instagram and all that, but it's a lot of people that's just like posting duck lips and stuff. It's like we need to get back to the music, okay? Yeah. Yeah. And that's just the real truth, man. Um, we're going, we're, li we're living in a world right now, which brings me to the Black Lives Matter movement, yeah. which brings me to the elections coming up. There's yeah. so much stuff going in the on in the world. And I think as an artist, we have a responsibility, a different responsibility right now. You know what I'm saying? And I encourage all artists, I take that seriously. I encourage all artists to take that seriously. And what I mean by that is like, you know, we have to be, we have to have a message that's bigger than just us right now. Yeah. It can't just be like, check out my dreadlocks. Cause my dreadlocks are cute, yeah. but that ain't really important. Yeah. Uh, what's important is that, is that um, the world is a better place. And whatever that means to you, whatever that means to me, like I, I'm really proud of the fact that I feel like I put my heart and my soul into this album, mm -hmm. and I'm I'm always trying to um, come up with way new ways to express myself and to talk about the things that are going on in the world and in my world um, because I think that's important. Like when I look back to Prince mm -hmm. and Diana Ross and and Miles Davis, I mean they they embody their time. Like you know what I'm saying? Like you just, if you just look at the way Miles Davis walked. You can tell he wasn't from 2020. Yeah. You can tell he from back. Like he just, yeah. he was just smooth. And I just really respect just that true artistry. And I think that's something, that's one of the reasons I made an album because mm -hmm. I missed that. I missed that. You know what I'm saying? There's so many amazing artists out. Um, but I think even more so, I think we should all step it up even more mm -hmm. and say, hey, in, in 50 years, when I'm not the, the new artist right now, yeah. what will my music have done for the culture? Yeah. That, that is so important. You know, as a black woman uh, right now, you know, I am dealing with a lot of emotions uh, mm -hmm. with everything that's going on. And um, at the end of the day, I'm always gonna lift my people. I'm always gonna support, you know what I'm saying? And give back and stuff like that, but it's not enough. Everybody has to do their part. Everybody yeah. has to reach out to their own communities, their own networks, their own families, yeah. so that we can really, really, really have a change and that everyone can matter, yeah. everyone. You know what I'm saying? So um, that's something I'm I'm constantly reminding myself of. I'm not perfect, you know, but I'm kind of pulling back from social media a little bit mm. and being more boots on the ground, being like, mm. I want to be proud of what I'm doing in my life. I don't want to spend three hours thinking of an Instagram caption. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think yeah. our culture, that is so normal. And it's funny because like, Sometimes you you actually feel like you did something and you actually didn't do anything. <laughs> you just sat there for three hours and came up with a poll. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I'm just like, look, I don't need to be seen. You know what I'm saying? I want, I want to be impactful. Mm -hmm. And Absolutely. even if you don't see me 
doing that, it don't matter. It's being done. Yeah. So that that's really what I'm on right now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And since we're on the topic, let's just go, let's talk about it. You know, obviously the state of the world right now, we're in some real serious times, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's bad times. And like, you know, you got the George Floyd situation, which was really bad, but then you have like hundreds of other situations, same, basically same MO, if not worse, that Mm -hmm. just aren't being talked about. Like, Mm -hmm. well, um, Yes, Breonna Taylor, you know, she's still, there's been no arrests, there's been no firing, there's been no nothing. Yep. So what does that say? What message does that send? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like there's a, I'm down in Waco, Texas right now. That's where I'm based out. I've been here for about six months. And when my first 90 days here, I work for a local TV station here. There was a officer-involved shooting down in Temple, which is about an hour south of us. Unarmed black man, you know, in the car. The cop shot through the window. Like, there was just all this stuff that was going on. And it was like a timeline. Like, it took over a month for the cops to actually arrest the cop that shot this guy. They all protect each other. Yes. And, like... You know, it's it's so bad because it's like, had it not been the fact, because here's the thing, Texas has the ability to kind of bury things if they want to. Like, if you live in like a small... Uh, hello? Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Juneteenth? Yeah. <laughs> because of Texas? Yeah. Do you know what Juneteenth is? I've heard of the name, but I don't know like the origin and everything. Okay, so- yeah. Juneteenth, uh, the Emancipation Proclamation, supposed to free the slaves. Texas lied and didn't tell their slaves. And for two years, they were still slaves. Hmm. And Juneteenth is the date that uh, we just celebrated a couple days ago. Uh, yeah, Friday. Um, yeah, that, that was the day that, that the, the, the slaves were actually free. So Texas literally buries things. Yeah. <laughs> literally. Yeah, yeah. And so luckily we had... Our the station that I work for, we had a new news director that came in from New York, a young black man, well, 40, you know, in that area, like youngish. He came in and he heard about this story. We shed some light on it and we just kept hounding the the police department and the local authorities like, hey, we're not leaving until you guys do something. And then finally they made an arrest and and I think I, I want to speak on that. Um, you know, I was, I was in Nashville. I'm not in Nashville anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there were a lot of comments and, and things that were said and done um, that really woke me up in a way that I, I did not realize. I didn't realize there were so many white people who were completely unaware and clueless about what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I mean by that is, obviously, if the, if the police are attacking Black men and Black people, okay, that means you are not their target. Yeah. That means you're not going to, when you run into Officer Jones, he's not going to treat you the same way he treats me. Mm-hmm. You know, so there was, there's so many people who are still in denial about what's going on. And um, what's interesting to me is those people also will do no research, won't read any literature that is not 
agreeing with their opinion. They don't go, they don't watch anything. They, you know, I have a friend that every time I send her a video, cause she was just like, this is crazy, the looting. Mm-hmm. And I said, why do you think people are looting? I just want to know, why do you, do you think we just woke up and said, I want to burn down Wendy's today. Like, why do you think people are looting? Cause the reality is no one listens until you make them listen. Yeah. And that's, that's very unfortunate. You know what I'm saying? So, um, for all the people that get to just not see it or not watch the videos and claim, you know, all lives matter and all of this stuff, you know, it's really, really hurtful. Mm-hmm. And it's really counterproductive to what we're trying to do, which is move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's exhausting to have to continue to argue and explain to people what is very well documented for mm-hmm. the last hundreds of years on the internet mm-hmm. that we all use every day. Yep. You Google how to make tacos. Mm-hmm. You Google how to get to Walmart. So Google systematic racism and read a damn book and figure it out. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And the reason why I'm saying that is because I, I'm, I usually stay quiet. I, you know, I, I've been just observing. Um, but I just want to put that out there that this is something that's been going on for a very long time. Oh. George Floyd is the famous thing that happened, is a, is a story that got the attention. But this has been going on. I've been personally just a few weeks ago i was personally harassed by cops myself i was pulled over three times on the way to to a location that i was meeting one of my white friends she got Mm -hmm. pulled over zero times Mm -hmm. i was searched i was put in the back of a cop car i was put on the ground and and completely my car completely i had nothing Mm -hmm. they destroyed my guitar because they said i had drugs in it my guitar Mm -hmm. so um, the reason I'm saying this is because I, I actually had a, a, a friend of mine who's high up in the industry call me and she said, Juno, I don't understand. I, I want to talk to you. I have some questions. I said, ask me anything. Mm-hmm. And she said, cause we have, you know, we have this relationship. I said, please ask me anything. This is a safe space. I just want to, you know, know what are you thinking? What are you feeling? You know, whatever. So, um, she said, <clears throat> A lot of people are saying, you know, I don't get the, the, the systematic racism thing. She's like, you know, I look at people like you and you've worked so hard and look at you. Oh, <laughs> okay. So I want to say this, anybody that's watching and that's looking at me as the example of what all black people should do. Mm-hmm. I want to say this. I have had to hide so many things that I've been through just to fucking be in the room. Mm-hmm. I've had to do certain things that no one else had to do but me just to be in the room, just to stay in the room. Mm -hmm. I've had the most disrespectful things said to me by very, very prestigious, famous people who are supposed to be not racist, but behind closed doors. Mm. I'm talking about record execs. And you know what I'm saying? And so I'm saying that to say that don't think that just because I have not spoken about my experiences, that I haven't had them. And now I feel a responsibility to, because now I'm pissed off that you think somehow I have something different or better. And that's not true. And I don't want anybody to think that or feel that. Like I want it to be very clear. I've worked, I've worked 10 times as hard mm-hmm. to get here. And I'm gonna just say this, I work harder, I show up early, I stay later and yet and still, I don't get the same treatment as a white dude. Mm-hmm on guitar because this 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 field 
is full of white dudes on guitars. And I am a direct reflection of the idea that like, okay, yeah, you can do it, but it's really, 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 really hard. And all we're saying is that it shouldn't have to be so hard to live in this country and be black. Because it's so easy for, for, for people and um, it's frustrating for the people that don't understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at sports, if you look at music, if you look at entertainment in general, if you look at any field, black people excel everywhere. We are so fly. I'm dripping right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. We fly and everybody want our juice. I love um, Nikki West. She had this post on her page. She said, they want our rhythm, but they don't want our blues. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yep. So this is my message to any white friend that I have or any white person that's watching this. I'm, di- I'm addressing you directly. Do not come around me if you don't want to hear about what's going on in my life and with my people in this movement right now. Do not call me. I don't want to jam. I don't want to write. I don't want to be on your album. I don't want to play in your show. Don't contact me. I don't need your job. I'm good right? Because I'm getting tired of people wanting the benefits of being around Black people, but they don't want to fight for us when it's time to fight. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of that, man. And you are, we are not friends anymore, if that's, if that's what you want. If you are all lives matter person and you still don't get it, no problem. Go over there. You know what I'm saying? And that's just what it's got to be. And I wanted to communicate that because, you know, a lot of people reach out to me and stuff and it's like, don't reach out to me. Reach out to, to yourself, Google, research, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Participate, donate, educate, undefund the police, unracist yourself, become unracist, anti-racist, you know, all, it's all these different things. And I'm just, I'm gonna be honest, man, I'm, I'm over it. I'm over trying to teach people and explain it to people. If you don't get it, man, at this point, you won't be one of them stupid ass white people in the movie that everybody's like, that idiot. We watch, we, this is the movie we're living. And everybody watches the old movies like Forrest Gump and stuff. And we, we, we notice the white woman that didn't speak up and the white man that let this happen and blah, blah, blah. And we watch documentaries about Emmett Till. We're living that right now. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be the, the villain in this movie. You don't even know it. So I, I just want to encourage people to dig a little bit deeper, man, and, be, and have some compassion. If you don't get it yet, then just shut up until you do. Because it's, it's, you're outnumbered at this point. I 100% agree. You know, it's a, it, it took me because I was in the same boat as you. I was like, all right, we got to figure out a way to explain it to people to understand, you know, cause I used to see a lot of the, well, all lives matter. And it's like, okay. in on the surface, yes. But how can all lives matter if one sub subset of the all lives matter is being systematically attacked how do all lives matter at that point the best example i've heard so far is this comedian chat chat check i can't remember how to say his name but he said it would be like on 9 11 if you had a shirt that said 9 11 never forget and someone walked in and said well all buildings matter Mm -hmm. that's exactly what it would be like yeah it's like we're referring to the building that was struck down by terrorists on this date (laughs) you know there's just and i think that's my issue there's no compassion yeah there's no compassion i would never ever say some of the things that i'm seeing some of these people say after someone was murdered on camera eight minutes and 46 seconds what did he do because everybody wants to always blame 
black people. Oh, if his pants wasn't sagging, if he wasn't on the street, if he wasn't breathing, if, he's, if he wasn't walking, if he wasn't wearing his hat like that, if he was, you know what I'm saying? And it's just like, uh, no, because I see white people literally spit on cops and they come out, they come out alive, shooting mm -hmm. at cops, they come out alive. Yeah. So there's something in our system that's that not. that's not right. Yeah. And one of the things, there was this quote that said, you know, when they came for, for this group, I didn't say nothing. When they came for this group, I didn't say nothing. But when they came for me, there was no one left to stand up for me mm -hmm. because I, they killed everybody else. Mm -hmm. So don't get it twisted. You might be in a position of power and privilege now, but I promise you, honey, over the next 50 years, that's going to shift. And you mm -hmm. better hope you did the right thing because some people are not going to be merciful. Some people are not going to be kind and only loot your building. It's about to get real. Shit is about to get real in America if people don't get it together. And that's just, that's just a hundred percent. It's just, it's just a hundred percent. Like after a while you get tired of, of being civil and it just becomes war. And I don't want, I don't condone violence and I don't want that, but I am not going to sit back and, and be silent anymore and allow people to just act like this is not going on when it's, devastating to millions of people and for the few 10 people yeah. <laughs> in texas and nashville and wherever else <laughs> don't get it yeah. you know what i'm saying it's like well and okay so i had some i was a friend of mine she's from australia she's half she's half filipino half half black or half native she's she's half uh, like a mixed race um she sent me a video kind of explaining everything that made a lot of sense. And there was one thing on the video that kind of explained why the looting was happening that kind of really resonated with me. And it was called the monopoly analogy. And so basically what it, the, it was this like 12 minute video. So I'll kind of give a brief synopsis of it. Um, basically imagine playing monopoly where one person has to sit out 400 rounds mm -hmm. and then they after the 400 round or basically so you got two people say you and i are playing let's say you have to sit out for 400 rounds and any all the money that you make during monopoly you give it to me yeah and then after the 400 rounds we can start playing normally mm -hmm. how much of an advantage am i going to have over yeah. you exactly yeah I think that's, I think, uh, I'm going to be honest, I think a lot of people are afraid to give up some of their power and resources. If, if you admit that, then you need to give me some of that money back. And people don't want to do that. Yeah. White people don't want to do that. Mm. And the reality, the reality is there needs to be apologies, reparations, and repentance. Meaning we move forward. We can't continue to function in this system the way that it's operating because it is corrupt at its core and it is documented. It is like, there are statues still up. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw the statue of Lincoln with the black man like on his, like he was a dog. And that's mm -hmm. a statue. There's yes. two of them in the United States. Um, and I want to say this, the looting, um, some of the looting was done by white people, started by white people I, to try to like we were doing it. And that's been also documented and filmed and recorded. Yep, I was gonna, actually going to touch on that because there, there's three different things that are happening with the looting. <clears throat> A lot of the videos that are being shown are being shown out of context. Oh, yeah. So basically, uh, some of the stuff is being started by white 
social justice warriors or what you know however however you want to label them so like some people are starting the looting and they're putting like blm across the thing and it's like they're trying trying to make it look like the black lives matter movement did it and then i mean yes throughout the looting are there people in there that are opportunistic well well, rightfully so don't you first of all i have to say this yes that's true there are white supremacists and white people and other people with other agendas trying to make it seem like black people did it however for the black people that did did it i want to say this if you if you hurt somebody in my family i will burn your fucking house down okay so don't don't act like that the looting isn't an appropriate response to what's the offenses that are being done and people aren't being hurt. I don't agree with destroying the neighborhoods of like the black businesses and the people who, who are not responsible. I wish they would go and loot the White House, loot the, loot the places that, you know, loot the businesses, Taco Bell and Wendy's and, you know, these businesses that support Trump. Let's burn that down. You know what I'm saying? If we're going to loot anything, if I don't agree with looting, but if we're going to loot, let's, let's loot. Well, <laughs> and, and the thing about the looting is, is if you look at a lot of the videos they're not in there pulling out like the expensive shit they're going in there for socks under like daily food like just to sort shit that you need to survive on a daily basis it's food it's clothing and then you go in and you'll see like every once in a while you'll see that one person that goes and grabs like a big ass tv or whatever all of that is a distraction from the racism that we're that we need to be addressing (laughs) i don't give a fuck if they're going in there and taking twizzlers we need to discuss the racism in america and how to undo it and move forward we need to defund the police because the police are ridiculous we don't even need it they are policing nothing (laughs) they're causing more damage then they're helping the communities. And I think that's the issue. So um, I have to go because my battery's about to die in like f- in five minutes. So I want to wrap it up here. Okay. Um, but I just wanted to say that, that anytime any of these conversations defer from the issue at hand, and that's what I told my friend, I said, you know what's interesting? I said, 50 black men have been killed the same way since I've lived in Nashville. Mm-hmm. You know how I know? Because I follow all the stories. And you haven't called me one time. You haven't checked on me one time. You haven't been concerned. You didn't even know it happened. But as soon as the looting happened, now I'm getting a call. So you tell me what gets y'all attention. And just like uh, Tamika said, she said, we learned the looting from you. We learned violence from you. Mm-hmm. Slaves weren't, the slave owners weren't nice, sweet people who, who come on, no. We learned violence and aggression from you. So fix it. Mm-hmm. Cause it's not our problem and it's not my problem anymore. And stop calling me and stop DMing me, asking me what you can do. What you can do is donate to an organization, research, educate yourself. No more feel good, com- comfortable shit from me no more. Cause I already did that. And apparently people think that I'm not affected. So I think I need to, I think I need to be more clear about how I really feel. Um, as, as far as, musicians go what should musicians and entertainers be doing to kind of help that's a great question let me think about that for one second um i know what i can tell you what i'm doing Hmm. number one i'm taking a step back and i'm studying Hmm. i'm researching i'm educating myself because i think 
this industry typically traditionally is almost like a contest of who can beat each other to put something out. Mm -hmm. And I think now we need to unify and come together and, and all work towards the same purpose of making the world better. And I think that's going to require some self-reflection, some self-analyzation and some, and, and some, some time away from the spotlight. Mm -hmm. That's what I think. I, that's, that's my advice and what I'm doing for me, because I think I have the tendency to want to act and move and, mm. and organize and protest and do this. And I'm going to put a song out. I'm going to do this. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to do anything but sit and meditate and really, really try and figure out the right thing to do. And I think it's different for everyone. Um, after doing that for about a week, I came up with the idea for my scholarship program through Juno's Guitar Bootcamp, because again, um, I was analyzing my students and I realized, man, why don't I have a lot of black students? Am I not getting black applications? So I went through, I talked to my team. I said, what's going on? Are we not getting black applications? I'm black. I love black people. What's going on? Um, and the answer was, well, they can't afford it or they don't have a guitar or someone asked if, you know, if you could do it on this time and you can. And I'm just like, wow, okay. So what would happen if I adjusted to accommodate those mm -hmm. students? So I, that's what I started to do. And I think, the answer, the overall answer to your question is I think we all need to be a little bit more accommodating mm -hmm. um, and compassionate right now and understand that it's not about us. I've had some amazing experiences and opportunities and I'm grateful for that, but there's so many people um, who have so many obstacles in the way and I can help to remove some of those obstacles by sharing my resources. So I think if you're an artist or a musician, number one, I think you should you should step away from the spotlight right now and get yourself together before you go out trying to preach because that's what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I, listen, sometimes I'm like, I feel like I'm Dr. King today. I'm about to go out and I have a dream too. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, okay, I need, let me, wait a minute. I need to study. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah. and I'm, I'm cool admitting that. I don't know everything. I'm not perfect, but we really need to like, reflect and, and make sure our hearts are right and we're, we're doing the right thing because a lot of people, a lot of artists are trying to slickly just move forward mm -hmm. and incorporate the movement as a marketing strategy. Mm -hmm. And it's so obvious that it's disgusting. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't suggest that. I would suggest, like I said, you know, studying your research and, and really asking yourself, like I had to create a program because what I wanted to do didn't really exist. Yeah. You know, so that might look different. I would I would encourage people to reach back, give back to the kids. You know, call the girls and boys club, your local girls and boys club and get involved. Mm -hmm. um, find someone on something as simple as you have a platform, find someone online who doesn't have a platform, but that's just crazy talented and share their work. Yeah. Whether it's art or music or whatever it is, you know, so I think sharing your resources and sharing um, when I say that, it doesn't mean taking away from what you have. Mm -hmm. It just means scooting over a little bit and making space for the people who should be where you are. Because let's talk about the truth. Some of these artists and musicians, they not, they, they're not really that talented, mm -hmm. right? Some people get, get that spot because of the resources and the connections they have. So with that being said, it's, it's, a, it's a young cat out there that'll come take your slot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think we, I think we should just not be so competitive with each other as, as I feel like the industry has been the last 10, 20 years. You know what I'm saying? I get it, but let's, let's reflect, let's share our resources and let's try and connect and come together. That's what I think artists should be doing right now. There, there's enough out there for everyone. Like there's no reason why 
everyone's or one person's got to hold the entire pie. Like there's enough out there yeah. for everyone, <clears throat> you know? Um, yeah. So just cause I think it's in our nature as human beings to kind of, when you see something happen, the initial thought is to react. Cause mm-hmm. like you, when everything first happened with George Floyd, it was just like, yo, this is so wrong. Let's do something. Like I wanted to like, yeah. yeah. Like, like I was, I was sitting there ready. I was finding like, I was reaching out to all my, uh, all our, every musician that would listen to me. Like, hey, we're doing this big collaboration project. It's going to be this song. It's going to be mm-hmm. hundred musicians, mostly black. Let's let, let's do this. You know, like, you know. I love just, that. Yeah, yeah. And, I want to say this. I think that's beautiful. And. Any project people are doing in the name of Black Lives Matter, it better benefit Black people. Yeah, and it, well, that, that was that was the thing. So, to another thing I'm seeing, people are like, "This is for Black Lives Matter," and they're donated to like School of Rock. I'm like, "Uh, yeah. that ain't Black kids." Yeah, and so it was just like, "Okay, we're gonna do this video. We're gonna use this song. We're going to tie it to the Black Lives Matter movement. We're gonna uh, donate all the proceeds." the Black Lives Matter or I, like there was a couple of different charities we were looking yeah, at. We were trying to figure out what was going to be the most beneficial. And then one of my friends just sat me down. It's like, yo, take a step back. <laughs> chill. Chill, chill. Because the, they had, a, they didn't have an issue with anything that we were doing other than the song we were going to use mm-hmm. because we were going to use a Rage Against the Machine song. Like we were very mad and it's like, okay, this song's about, fuck the system you know like let's jump into it mm-hmm. and so then she's just like yo chill take a step back because if yeah. you associate that with the black lives matter movement it may yeah. not be the best look right now yeah you know I think too uh, you know for and that's great i think you know people like you for example it sounds like you really want to be involved and have a good heart and and care and and, and are, are totally on board with this yeah. and i think there's probably a lot of people like that and just don't know what to do and one of the things i'll say that i've been hearing that i agree with mm. is i think i started my own thing because i already have a platform i already have the, the people I already have this thing but if you don't necessarily have that i think it's really even more powerful to mm. join something that's already happening mm-hmm. you don't have to create this new thing like there are so many amazing black leaders who who have been doing this work for decades, mm-hmm. um, men and women, all, all through spectrums, art, music, yeah. activism, all over. Find something that that someone is already doing and support that. Because mm-hmm. I think everyone thinks they have to like create this new thing when it's like, no, let's support the things that are already happening. Yeah. You know, in your own community, I guarantee you there's probably a King Center, a Dr. King Center, or some type of group program for black kids that's lowly funded in your in your neighborhood whoever whoever you is listening i'm talking to you yes i guarantee you it exists and that's the kind of stuff we're talking about share the resources when you go off and start your new thing i think sometimes people don't realize that in a way it's even though i don't think people realize it in a way sometimes you're taking away it's like let's join some stuff we don't need 20 people trying to do the same thing it'd be more effective if they come together but again we are not used to seeing black people in leadership in this country let's talk about it white people are not used to not being in charge not being the one making the decisions not sitting in the in the big seat move over becky move over billy let us lead because this is our voice that needs to be heard we're we're speaking for ourselves and it just is not being heard so we need you guys to support 
but we don't need anybody coming to like take it and and like come be the white hero. Mm-hmm. We need people to support us and and what we're already trying to do. And I think so many people want to do that and just don't know how. So join, you know, join something that's already happened. Follow pages. I've been following. I've been unfollowing a lot of people and following a lot of new people. Yeah. Um, just you know, Sean King and um. <clears throat> Tamika, the, you know, the actress, I don't know if you saw where she, she was like, do your job, charge the cops. I was like, yes, girl. I mean, she like Dr. King, but like the, the cool thing about this era of the civil rights movement, because we're yeah. still fighting, is that now there are new faces. There are women now, yeah. which we didn't see that. You saw Dr. King, Malcolm X. You didn't see a woman back then at the, at the uh, mic. So it's it's so it's expanding in a way that there are enough initiatives already going on that we can support and i think that's going to be more powerful and more effective mm-hmm. absolutely and you know it's growing up on the south side of chicago it's like i definitely saw some serious serious shit like injustices and so it's yeah. like yo i was ingratiated into that at a young age like just seeing people get pulled like all right. So when I was 18 years old, I had a 1988 Buick LeSabre. Like mm-hmm. what they what in were in my area they called it the hood rich car. And first month that I had the car, any of the towns in the area that I went around, they pulled me over. And then once they saw that I was white, they're like, "Oh, we're they just asked for like the ID and was like, Oh, we're sorry. It was somebody else we're looking for. Wow. Yeah. And so it was just like, yeah. Wait, I, 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 I heard this video of this. Well, or, or it was something I saw this white woman saying that she was like, when white people commit crimes, they just call it a mistake. Mm-hmm. But we're thugs. We're, you know, all these things. And so, and I think <clears throat> the name of my album is Help Is Not On The Way. And it's so funny because I, I put that out April 24th. That was before all this happened. And the more I listen to it, I'm just like, wow. People are saying like, share black stories. And, you know, it's like, we have been sharing black stories. My story, like anytime I talk, it's a black story. Yep. You know, so I think, I think that what's beautiful is that for the first time, I feel like we are being heard and it's a, it's the beginning of us moving in the right direction and we still have so much more work to do because i'm really really excited that they're naming streets and that band-aids has come out with a new color and i'm sure doritos will have a black lives matter flavor and all of that but we really need the, the cops to be charged that have killed us and we really need the system to change and we really need the police to be defunded and we really need trump out of office and i'm not political but this is a human issue trump being in any type of power over anyone is a human issue mm-hmm. because he does not care about human beings he cares about money and himself and that's just obvious so we need to get out at the polls. We need to vote. You know, Dr. King died so that we can vote. Literally. Essentially, Kennedy was killed. And Lyndon Johnson had to finish the, the, the Civil Rights Act of 1964. He was literally killed in the middle of his presidency during all of this. We think, imagine now a president being killed. That's huge. And so, so many sacrifices were made for us to vote. And... I know me personally, man, I've never voted for the presidency, ever. I've always mm-hmm. been like, always had a reason why I didn't vote. Well, my voice don't matter. Or I don't, uh, I ain't into politics. And blah, 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 blah. I don't really know. Blah, blah, blah. 
you know what? That's why I'm like, let me get off Instagram and start reading and researching about the candidates and understanding this politics better so that I can be involved. I'm an artist, bro. I want to play guitar all day long. Matter of fact, meet me over here. I'll jam with you right now. But I got to put my guitar down right now because there's a bigger issue happening in the world. And voting is the one way that we can get the right people into power um, so that we can at least begin to make systematic changes. Trump has not even acknowledged the people that are doing hateful, racist, acts in his name i wish one of my fans would do anything crazy in my name i'd denounce they ass so fast i'd be like uh uh-uh, that ain't i don't i don't know them you know what i'm saying so the fact that he doesn't even address it and he's literally tweeting threatening us you know it's it's, it's just very clear that we're in a very dangerous space if he would do that to black people trust me he'll come for you next it may be for another reason but don't don't get it twisted to think you're safe and he's al- he's already started doing that because he ba- um I was reading an article that he's trying to get um Antifa recognized as a domestic terrorism group, and it's like, yo, since Antifa doesn't have a centralized roster of members, all you have to do is say something wrong that a Trump supporter does not agree with and they call you an Antifa member, boom, you're a terrorist, you can't fly, you can't do this, you can't do that. That's what I'm saying, it's dangerous. We're giving too much power to people who have been documented to lie on us. Mm-hmm. Emmett Till did not rape that woman. No. Do you know who Emmett Till is? He was, tw- what, 12 years old, 14? Yeah. I, I can't remember, he was either 12 or 14. But my point is, this has been happening, the Karens, this has been happening for a long time and, and there needs to now be consequences and punishment where you get you you don't get to just call and and tell on me because there was a, a little black kid right you know the little cars yeah this white woman was like he doesn't even have a license did you see that video <laughs> i did not see that video I, I you remember homie the clown i'm gonna just get a sock and fill it with socks and i'm gonna go around and just be like next the next person Let's say something stupid. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Because I can't get too much jail time for that. I'm not going to loop, but I'm going to slap you in the mouth with a slap, with a sock, okay? Yeah. Anyways. But, no, the one video that comes to mind is, uh, I was watching Jesus and Miro a while back, and they showed the video with uh, Barbecue Karen or whatever they were calling her, the girl out in <laughs> Oakland. <laughs> That that was trying to call the cops on a couple of people having a barbecue in a public area. It's like, oh. Girl, stop. You just made you get a plate. Stop. So, you know, it, it's just crazy right now. And, you know, because I, I had asked, like, like, an ignorant white person, I was just like, what can I do to help? And there, one of my friends just told me, it was like, shut up and listen. Yeah. And guess what? I want to say this. I'm doing that too. I'm black and I'm shutting up and listening. It's not about, I think the, 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 the misunderstanding is that it's not about all white people shut up and all black people. Now you can talk. It's all uneducated people who've done no research. Shut up. (laughs) And that is that simple because even within the community, there's people, even within the black community, there's people that I'm just like, I wish they would have like wrote out a statement before they just said that because you know, I have to, we have to be responsible with our voices. And I just feel 
I'm not gonna just, my, my mom had to check me, like I was about to get on live and, and she was just like, uh, no, yeah. you need to go meditate and you need to figure out what you wanna say before you just go out and say it. And I, I'm thankful for that because, you know, yes, I'm angry, yes, I'm upset, but I want to really be educated and learn what can we do to actually create change. Mm -hmm. Because me getting on Instagram Live and doing a rant is actually not going to make any char cops be charged for mm -hmm. killing Black people, which is what we want, right? Yeah. We want change. We want laws to change. So guess what? I'm going to vote. I'm going to I'm going to figure out. <laughs> How, what can I do in my community? Not just for the presidency. We need to be voting locally for the school board. Yeah. We need to be voting for local officials because they affect the school districts and how they allocate the resources in mm -hmm. our communities. And people don't understand that. You just think, oh, this is just the way it is. No, it's because these same people been in office and mm -hmm. until we vote otherwise, they're going to be there. Yeah. I love the video I just saw of the black man calling out. I think her name was Carol or something. Some yeah. uh, did you see that? And when she was literally, he, it was the the Robert E. Lee school, and they were talking about changing the name of the school because Robert E. Lee was literally a piece of shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, the lady was literally shopping online on her computer, and he went up to the mic. He said, "And you sitting there shopping? Why are we talking about this?" And that's the problem. And she got up and left. Mm -hmm. What a privilege. Yeah. That you don't even have to, you don't even have to listen to it. And yeah. that's that's the kind of stuff we're talking about. If you want somebody on your board who's going to be online shopping while we're talking about an a, a issue it's as serious, serious yeah. as what's going on in this world right now. If if people can't see how important voting is, right. then I don't know what to tell you. And and I'm not black people have the right to feel what they want to feel and express that how they want to express it but i'm just referring to the fact that after you do that after you get it out however you want to get it out let's let's all come together and and vote and and strategize how we can actually be effective and make change mm -hmm. that's the only thing that's going to change the black lives matter streets we got how many streets do we have in america malcolm x drive dr king drive but every city in major city in america has a Right, and I'm tired. We cut the ribbon. We 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 celebrate. Woo! Yeah. I'm over it. It's not exciting anymore for me because what would be so exciting is if the cops that killed Breonna Taylor would be arrested. That would be so exciting. Yeah. Like that would be exciting. Not a street, and it's not to minimize it, but I'm just bringing attention to the idea that we're being distracted by things that are not addressing the issue. You know what it reminds me of? We're gonna let Joe Lewis fight in the professional. Woo! Joe Lewis fighting did not make the cops stop being brutal and murderers in America towards black men, but it gave black people a distraction. And we are starting to realize that that's what's going on. And it's not, it's not cool. Like, I don't want a distraction. Joe Lewis won the fight. That's awesome. But we need change. We need laws to change and we need the resources to be distributed equally and fairly or else period. Yeah. That's it. You got me hot, man. We got to talk about something else. I'm sweating. I'm sorry. I I was just gonna let you go. Like I was just gonna let you let you talk. Uh, no, but please um check out um Juno's Guitar Bootcamp. I'm doing scholarships for 20 Black students. Tell me if you would like to apply. The only requirement is that you send me one paragraph explaining why you would be a good fit for the program. So Juno's Guitar Bootcamp official at gmail.com. And if you would like to sponsor, email me as well for people that don't know what to do and wanna wanna support. Donate to this program, refer a student that you know, that will be amazing for the program. 
Um, and that's what I'm doing. And I'm going to continue to to reflect and, and seek God for me, for what I need to do, because every day there's something else happening. Um, and I don't know, I don't have all the answers, but I'm going to yeah. be open to receive. And the only way I can learn is if I shut up. Yeah. Um, how's the, uh, the guitar boot camp been going since the pandemic kind of hit? Has, has, well, you mentioned it's always been online, right, though, right? It's always been online. And it's been going amazing because what I've learned is that people have more time, you know, to, to focus yeah. on building a craft. When we live in such a microwave society, when people just want you to like, comment, share, and subscribe, and I want to actually learn a craft that can change my life and change my family's life, I don't want to subscribe to your whack-ass channel. So, yeah. you know, I think that we got so used to just like, oh, I want to hurry up and post something instead of being great we wanted to appear to be great and i'm just about really getting down to the ground back to the roots of music theory music education i went to berkeley college of music and while i let i did drop out because um you know i, I realized that wasn't the path i wanted to take i got a very valuable i was there for two years i got a very valuable foundation and education in music theory and to be honest with you, had I not went to Berkeley, I don't think I would have been able to keep what, keep up with Camila Cabello and Bruno mm -hmm. Mars in there because it was changing stuff every night. Yeah. And I had to, I had to adapt. And it was the, it was the foundation that I had in music theory that really um, equipped me to be flexible um, and creative and spontaneous. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's the difference. A lot of YouTube lessons are cookie cutter. Everybody learning the same song from the same dude. Mm -hmm. And that's great. Listen, Marty Schwartz, shout out to Marty Schwartz. Shout out to Justin Senderscore. Shout out to Jairus Mosey, Jabari Johnson. Um, Eric, uh, what is his name? Uh, Eric Gales. There's so many amazing, you know, players and stuff online. But they got their own swag. They got their own thing. And, and it's great to learn from them. But you got to find your own voice. And that's really what this camp is about. It's mm -hmm. about helping people act figured out you want to do this, well, let's help you find your voice because you got Dr. King and you got Malcolm X. Two different missions, two different messages, both important. Mm -hmm. They were both assassinated, yep. just, to, just, just to be clear about that. So whether you, by any means necessary or peaceful, both, both people were killed. Yep. So I say that to say that you might as well be who you are and express yourself because you know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of people are, are trying to copy other people and and I just feel like I want to give people a tool to express themselves and share mm -hmm. their stories and write their own songs and you know be able to improvise and and support an artist support themselves as an artist you know and so the camp has been really successful um, because again I'm flexible with my curriculum I have a curriculum that I, I have a baseline but I'm all about what can this what can this do for you? What do you bring to this? You know what I'm saying? It's not just like, all right, guys, C major. You know what I'm saying? It's like, no, it's like, okay, let's talk about if you go to a protest and you want to lead a song, what kind of songs can you do in this time right now? Yeah. If you want to go to the Boys and Girls Club and you want to play some songs, you, you ain't about to go play uh, Shake Your Booty. You know what I'm saying? We want to learn Lean On Me. People don't know Bill Withers. Yeah. People don't know Marvin Gaye. You see what I'm saying? So, mm -hmm. so the boot camp is all about getting people um, just to the heart of missions. That's mm -hmm. what music is about. What is your mission in your heart? What do you want to do in the world? Um, and I think the quarantine really 
isolated people in a way that helped them to refocus on their missions, yeah. which has just been amazing. You know, yeah. it's been painful in a lot of ways because I think everybody getting bored and antsy, yeah. but um, you know, we needed that the world, we needed that break. You know what yeah. I'm saying? From, from having to constantly be on. Look at me, I look crazy. I got holes in my shirt. I should have dressed a little bit nicer than this, but we're in the pandemic. What yeah. You yeah. I mean, <laughs> up until about 20 minutes before the podcast, I was wearing a white t-shirt and I don't know, I was wearing an undershirt and boxer or uh, in my boxers. Like it just didn't matter. Oh my goodness. Well, listen, man, thank you so much for the opportunity. I'm going to wrap it up here because I do have to go. Okay. Um, but thank you for having me. Um, and you can check me out on Instagram at Juno underscore the artist. Um, my album, if you type into Spotify or Apple Music or anything, help is not on the way. Um, the movie Juno has ruined my marketing strategies. There's a pregnant teenager named Juno. Yep. So if you type in Juno, you're going to get her. She's beautiful, but that ain't me. Yeah. You got to type in help is not on the way. And if you go listen to my album, listen to it front to back. It's a story, okay? Yeah. Don't be skipping to your favorites. Listen to it front to back. And come on my page and tell me what you think. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, man. Yep. All right. Thank you very much for jumping on. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We'll catch you guys later. Bye. Bye.